Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. I'm Lisa. Are you questioning that, Chris? Yes, I'm questioning I'm it. Chris, because, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't figured yeah, it out yet. Yeah, he, he seemed a little hesitant on that today. We record these kind of early, so we, we do. question lots of things. We do. We record them several days before you actually hear them, and sometimes our brains are a little fried by the time we actually start the recording, because we usually have a company meeting first, so there are lots of things whizzing around in our little brains by that point in the actual process, so it can be fun sometimes. Yes. One of the things, though, that we have questioned has really paid off, I think. And that relates to Braille Me. We got them back in, when was that, Chris? We're asking the Mystic Access historian now. We got them actually around CSUN time frame, so March-ish. Right. And we worked with them for a couple of months, and then we did a class in May on Braille Me. And yes. our impressions of the device. Which, admittedly, when we did it in May, were not really wonderful. But one of the things that we really tried to say repeatedly was, watch this device, because it seemed like there was lots of room for potential improvements and advancements. We met with the developer, and he was getting feedback from us and from other people, and was very receptive to that feedback. We sent our current units back and received new ones. The changes have been nothing less than astonishing, really. It feels like they've answered everything. They've made lots of changes. And we'll probably be providing more in-depth information on the BrailleMe However, what we have for you today, a little later in the podcast, is a comparison that I did of the BrailleMe and the Orbit Reader 20 at the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind Convention. They're both low-cost Braille displays. They're both right around the same price. And so we thought that a comparison might be helpful. And we hope that you enjoy that as well. Absolutely. It's really good to find out what kind of changes have occurred. For those of you who are at our May class regarding the BrailleMe, please stay tuned because we are going to provide you updated information specifically on BrailleMe as well. But what Lisa has to offer in this podcast is going to give a really good idea as to the changes that have been made. So if you've been on the fence or you were kind of turned off by the initial class, please definitely give this a listen and you'll be able to find out about the changes that have been made to it. There is apparently a great deal of improvement in the quality, not only of the Braille, but of the feature set involved. Now, we have two between the three of us, and I'm the one who has not seen the newly improved BrailleMe product as of yet, but apparently it's very impressive, and they even came with cool little cases this time. So that's kind of a fun thing as well, if you're interested. And these can be purchased, just so you are aware, here in the States from NDP. One thing I did want to mention regarding this class in May, 
If you're looking for it on our free downloads page, it has been removed. We removed it, yeah. We're going to get you something new in its place. We're going to create something for you so that you will have updated information on it. It's just not current anymore, and I would yes. go as far as to say it's inaccurate. Absolutely It was inaccurate. accurate at the time. It was. Correct. But thankfully, it is not. I say this, and it could sound sarcastic, but I mean it seriously. It warms my heart, really, to see developers being so open and so responsive. Apparently, the things that we mentioned to him were things that others had mentioned. So never hesitate to let your voice be heard and give your opinions on the technology that you use. You just might be, as we were, very pleasantly surprised. As far as the developer, if I remember correctly, when we had our meeting with the developer, he was going point by point through that class. Yes, he did. So he he was listening. Yes, he did his homework. He did his homework. And the important thing that you also want to remember when contacting your developers about things is that many times the developers who come up with these projects are in fact cited. So they may not think of the perspectives that you are sharing in the way that you would. So something might completely pass over your sighted developer who you're speaking with that they haven't even thought of. So you're being able to provide explanations and examples can be very eye-opening, as it were, to be able to explain why certain changes should be made or why certain revisions or improvements should be made. So please keep that in mind when contacting a developer about a project. As an example, when you turned on the original BrailleMe, it took you into this menu. So when you powered it up, it said something like main menu, if I remember correctly, or menu. And you had and, to press enter to yes. get out of that menu and into the actual menu. It was like a prompt, and you had to verify or confirm that prompt. And they took that into heart, and that is no longer an issue. You are presented or placed into the menu of the product, which makes the most sense. Yeah, it's one less step you have to take. Another example is there was a long kind of high beep that happened when you turned the unit on or off. Now you have the option to toggle that on or off because we said, you know, there are people who are deafblind who may not know that's even going off. And there are people who want to use their Braille Me at a meeting and don't want to disrupt the meeting by turning it on and having it beep. So you can turn that sound on or off. And so the level of responsiveness. The on sound still beeps, but the off sound gets turned off. Right. Maybe that will be fixed in a software thing because... I don't know for sure. No, but it would be worth writing back to them, I think, and just saying, hey, you know, this is still a thing. Right. I have not yet checked to see if there is a software upgrade available. They really are responsive. And, you know, sometimes when a product comes out, we are quick to think, okay, this is all there is. This is a done thing. This is a finished product. Well, look at the technology around you and see how often that's not the case. Look at the iPhones. Well, first we had the first generation Victor Reader Stream, and then we have the second, and we have the Trek. And so things are constantly evolving, and that's why it's really important to stay up to date with this stuff. Speaking of staying up to date with this stuff, we have one other Braille announcement that we hope will be very interesting. Indeed. And that is a tutorial on the Braille Me. Like we did a tutorial for the Orbit Reader, Lisa is going to do a tutorial on the Braille Me. And we plan to have it ready the day after Thanksgiving. We will have pre-orders up soon, so you will be able to pre-order it. 
We plan to release it on November 23rd. We're pricing it economically, of course, and this would be a good thing to purchase basically if you have two different situations. One is if you already have a Braille Me, then you might want to get this to help you use it more effectively. You know, I'm going to digress a moment. People say to me, do I need the tutorial? No, because the manual has technically everything you need to get started. Will it help you? Yeah. It's kind of like if you go to a strange city and you can figure out what that city has to offer through newspapers and online things and talking to locals. Or you can go visit the Chamber of Commerce and you can have your experience sort of streamlined. And that's what these tutorials do. They streamline it, they put it together in a package where applicable, they demonstrate concepts. So that is going to be our tutorial on the Braille Me. If you have one, you might benefit from it. The other way that it might be helpful to you is to consider getting our Orbit Reader and Braille Me tutorials. That way you can listen through both of them and decide before purchase which device might best suit your needs. People are always asking me, and I touched a little bit on this in my presentation, which one is my favorite? And besides the point that that is not really a relevant question because each person needs to make her or his own decision, I just say, you know, when asked which one is your favorite, I just say yes, because each one has benefits. I hope you'll enjoy the tutorials as much as I enjoy putting them together. Well, it's like the Echo versus Google Home assistants. You know, you get this all the time. Which is the best one? Well, it's really going to depend on what you want to do with said device. Like if you want to read Audible books on your device from audible.com, then your Amazon Echo would be the good choice. So it really depends on what you want to do. So definitely stay tuned as we progress through the podcast. We'll get to Lisa's Braille Me presentation momentarily. And if you are interested in pre-ordering the Braille Me tutorial, definitely check the website. We will release newsletters and things when the pre-order is available to you. We'll put it up on the news page on the site as well. So you'll definitely know when the pre-order is up. You can go ahead and begin purchasing that. You may also, should you wish, visit National Braille Press. You can learn more about the Braille Me there, and if you wish, go ahead and make that purchase. Have you not done so already? Lots of exciting things happening, and there's so many things in the pipeline just right now with MA and what we're doing. So we have lots more to share with you before Thanksgiving, but please know that lots of lovely, lovely things are happening. And one of those lovely, lovely things that is still in process at the time, we have two more iOS modules to share with you before the end of 2018. We do. We are going to be rounding out the year with two of them. The first one that we have, and I'm saying first as in these are the ones that are left for this batch. The first one is on editing text. I started at the class by saying there's so much good news here because even just a couple years ago, if I had iOS students ask me how to edit, I would just say you're going to have to use a keyboard, or forfeit large chunks of your sanity. And now that's not the case. It's 
much easier, much nicer. Still, you know, a little bit time-consuming, but much easier and much more doable. The last class of November and the last class of the year for iOS is November 15th. We're going to be taking a deep dive into Braille screen input. When we talked about the eight methods for using your iOS device in one of our earlier classes this year, perhaps the item that garnered the most interest was on using Braille screen input. So we're going to talk about that in more detail. And then in January, we will be back with a crop of six new modules, and we'll let you know what those are going to be and when they're going to be available for order as that time gets closer. Absolutely. So this is kind of your last chance that we'll be announcing in a podcast to check out our two upcoming modules for November. So definitely take a peek at what we have. And remember, if you want any of the previous modules, you can register for those as well, and we will get you the recordings. So if you find something of interest that has passed, just please know that you can get those. And yes, for those who are interested, we will be offering these as a bundle just as we did with Modules 1 through 6. So if you're waiting, that will be something that is going to be offered as well. Just stay tuned to the space. (laughs) Speaking of classes, Chris recently conducted a class on backing up the information on your computer, and that was well attended and well received, I believe. And by the time you are listening to this podcast, that class will be available in our free downloads area The class will be there, and there's also going to be resource information, so a few websites where you can check out the resources that Chris mentioned. Absolutely. Yes, and then Then, there's more. (laughs) Our final class of the year is going to be on November 29th. If you're noticing a sequence here, we have the iOS modules on November 1, 8, and 15. We take off on the 22nd to eat lots of turkey. And in one person's case, to unwrap some presents, hopefully. Yeah, birthday time for me. (laughs) I'm so tired, by the way, of the jokes about, oh, the stork didn't bring you, the turkey did. So if you refrain from those, I will be forever (laughs) grateful. Uh Uh-oh. Every seven or so years, my birthday falls on Thanksgiving, and it's fine now as an adult. It's just like this interesting factoid. As a kid... Not not so much. I remember the year that I turned sick. My birthday was on Thanksgiving, and I got sick. And it was like, I didn't think about it that way at that time, at that age, but it was like there was no way that this could be a good situation. I couldn't eat Thanksgiving dinner, couldn't eat birthday cake, didn't have a, quote, special day all my own. It was like, bleh. So now it's good. Yeah, that can be fun and, and yeah. annoying. So yours was the stork and mine was the Easter bunny. So it, it oh. does kind of turn out to be that kind of thing occasionally. Yeah, so, people yeah. think they're so funny, and they are. <laughs> but it's like, do you know how many others have said it before you? And do you know that's going to be the show title? What? The stork didn't bring you the turkey did? Oh. Of course. <laughs> You're evil. <laughs> So now you know how we come up with podcast titles. Whatever we happen to say in the moment is often incorporated into a title. I'm the weirdo, though, who says some of this stuff. I will never forget when I saw the title of the one podcast. 
the voice of God was screaming at me, and I just laughed and shook my head because I'm like, I know where that came from. That was pretty <laughs> You funny. do tend to be the queen of the show title, which is yes. kind of fun. Well, I think you were the one that came up with Crazy Daisy Dude. I was. I'm so proud cool. of that one. I like that one. <laughs> anyway, we digress. It's we the digress. Dig- we should make this a regular feature. We could call it the digression station, where our little train just derails its track Woo-hoo! with alarming regularity. <laughs> Often our meetings are like this, too, just so y'all <laughs> know about the inside workings of MA. We yeah, and do digress. Our meetings and our podcasts are a lot alike in that way because we go all over the place, and at the end, we come back to it, and we've covered everything we needed to. It was just in a rather non-standard way. Yes. But we were talking to you before we completely went off the rails about our free class that's going to happen the week after we eat turkey and one of us opens presents. So. Yes. Yes. We could have had it that night, but we didn't figure anybody would be awake. No, absolutely not, including us. Present company, yeah, present company included. So we're going to have our free class for November, and we like to make our November classes because they are our last free event of the year, because we don't do one in December because everyone's crazed. We'll try and make our November ones kind of fun, and this year we're going to talk to you all about saving money on those Christmas and Hanukkah presents that you are going to be purchasing last minute, because we know how it works. For those you love, and even maybe a couple for yourself. And we want to tell you how you can save money on those. So we're going to be talking about coupons and things you can do to make that process easier for you. And make those savings a little more. (laughs) So that you can enjoy Christmas and Hanukkah a little more as you get ready to celebrate. And that class will be the final Thursday in November, which is the The 29th. So we're looking forward to sharing that with you. And as we say every time we discuss a free class, please be sure you are on our Mystic Access events list. And that is how you will find out. This is an announce-only mailing list, and we'll provide information the week of class. You will be able to join us. And of course, it's absolutely free to come hang out with us. And now, on to Lisa's presentation. you today to tell you about two low-cost Braille displays. Now, first of all, when you hear the word Braille, you might think many things. And some of them, sadly, that you might think are expensive and out of touch for most people. And that is really not the case anymore. Both of these displays sell for right around $500, a little less. That's even less than you are paying for a Braille writer and you can read and write on it. You never have to worry about paper. You can pretty much take it anywhere. Well, I say that about the Perkins Brailler, too. I remember lugging that thing around in first grade. It was bigger than I was. (laughs) So these are very convenient. While they are convenient and while they are low cost, they are not necessarily for everyone. When people hear that I'm going to do a comparison of two displays, The first question they ask me is kind of, it usually starts with psst, or at least that attitude, psst. Okay, we're friends, so tell me, which one is your favorite? (laughs) You want me to give up one of my children. I actually am privileged to have evaluated both of these displays through Mystic Access, which is the company that I work for. And the one thing I will not be telling you today is which one I prefer. And the reason I'm not going to tell you that, well, there are two. 
One is that, at least in my mind, there is not a clear winner. The other reason is more important, and that is that I feel it's a very bad idea, no matter who the person is, for you to say, well, I'm going to get this braille display because so-and-so likes that one the best. They think that's the best. Well, you know what? It may be the best for them, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best for you. So I'm hoping to give you criterion by which you can judge braille displays. Because these two are similar and similar in price, they are easily compared and easily contrasted. Now, I'm not going to get into a lot of technical specifications today, primarily because, well, a couple reasons. I think the mind can only hold so much. And I just got access to the Braille knee again for about a week. So I'll explain that again part. Some of you may have heard presentations that Mystic Access did comparing the Braille knee and the Orbit Reader 20, or just talking about the Braille knee. And these were back in the neighborhood of March, April, May, thereabouts. Sadly, at that time, the Braille me very clearly came out on the bottom. But what I said at the time, and I think people got tired of hearing me repeat myself, is this has so much potential, and it really does bear watching. It did bear watching. And so now instead of one really good product and one lesser product, we have two very good, very solid competitors. After which one is your favorite? The people want to know is what do they sound like? These are not high cost braille displays. So if you work in radio where you need quiet or you are using one of these to read for church or for presentation, they may not be the thing for you. So I'm going to turn them on. Here's the Orbit Reader. That's not picking up on the mic, is it? Yes, it is. Oh, is it? Okay. Let's, let me hold it up a little bit. I'll hold it up and do it again. Okay. sounds really funny when you hear the recording of it. It sounds like a digital bug. There, now I can hear it coming through the mic. Okay, so that's what the Orbit Reader sounds like. And when you read, you hear that. Mm -hmm. Some people think it sounds like a rain stick. Some people think it sounds like plain annoying. It's really funny though. I've gotten quite used to it and I will read with it before bed and it's sort of hypnotic. Here's the braille knee. Now it doesn't do as much with its dots when it comes on. So we'll pan the keys and you can hear it. Yeah, there should have only been one beep. So as you hear, it kind of does a sound. It's not so long. The dots come up all at once. Yeah. So they're a little bit different sounds. Let's talk a little bit more about externals and then we'll hone in on some more of the quote good stuff. Let's talk about cases. 
First of all, both of these are manufactured in India. Orbit Reader is made by Orbit Research, and it is distributed by the American Printing House for the Blind and Others. BrailleMe is distributed by InnoVision, or made by InnoVision, rather, and it is distributed by National Braille Press and others. The Orbit Reader does not come with an included case. The unit itself is kind of blocky, kind of chunky, more chunky than maybe your average braille display. When I first saw it, I thought, this looks like a Fisher-Price toy. <laughs> because it's got rounded corners, and it's very cute. I mean, I could see it in bright primary colors with a sign on it that said, my first braille display. <laughs> but it also looks like if you dropped it, it would be okay. It's got rubber feet, it's just kind of blocky, you know, but it, it's, you know, pretty compact. Like I said, it does not come with its own case. It does have these little holes in the front corners, and you can put key rings, or I was thinking like notebook rings through it, and then attach a strap so you can wear it around your neck. You also can buy a case, well you can buy two cases. Orbit Research sells a case for $20. I will talk about this on a personal note. I'm not particularly a fan of this case. It's kind of nylon, it's sturdy, it has lots of pockets, but you can't really adequately use the Orbit Reader in the case well because there's nothing really to hold it in, it would fall out. And there's a little dividing wall, but there's lots of room behind it where you could put other stuff. So if you have chargers and cables and things, oh my, this would be a good case for you because you'll have plenty of room for those things. You can also get a case from Executive Products. I think it runs in the neighborhood of about $80. BrailleMe's case is very reminiscent of what you've seen with a lot of note takers. It's a faux leather, so it's not real leather, but it's like a faux leather, and it has cutouts for the different ports. It has a flap that closes. It closes by means of Velcro. It has some serious Velcro. And that was actually not closed for a long time. That was pretty like quick opening. It's normally a bit more so. It has a removable adjustable strap. The strap on the Orbit Reader case is adjustable but not removable. Well, not without a pair of scissors, anything's removable. No, I'm sorry, it is removable. Long day in the exhibit hall. So, it is removable, my apologies. I talked a little bit about what the Orbit Reader looks like. It has six braille keys. It has a cursor cross, which is basically your up, down, left, right, okay. It has a space. It also has backspace and enter. And it has two sets of panning keys, one on the left and one on the right. It has a I always confuse them, a micro USB port. The one that we all have a zillion and one chargers for laying around at home. Micro, yes. And it has an SD card receptacle, and it has a power button. And you charge it via the micro USB. Now, the Braille Me is longer from front to back than the Orbit Reader. It's thinner. It is in some senses, I think, a more streamlined looking device. Like I said, it's bigger. 
it's more on the lines of what you're seeing with your average note takers as far as thickness, <coughs> length, width, etc. The braille display part of the braille knee is up higher than the braille display on the orbit reader for what difference that makes. The main difference that I see is when I'm reading, I have to rest my hands on the braille knee and I don't really on the orbit reader. The braille knee has two panning keys, two sets of keys, one on each side and they are up and down and they are pentagonal? Pentagonal, five sides, yes. So they're very easily identified, which is which. You have your standard six braille keys, your space, your backspace, and your enter key. The keys on both units are, I would say, average size. I have small hands, and I find both comfortable to use. Those with bigger hands, I think, would be fine. I find for me sometimes that the ergonomic keyboards where they're really angled make typing a little difficult. This is not the case with these. They're pretty much straight across on both units. Braille Me's charging is a little different. It has a separate port for charging and it has a micro USB port which is used for a few things that we'll talk about in just a moment. Like the Orbit Reader, it also has an SD card slot. And some people have asked this, you can use either a standard SD card or you can use a micro SD card in the adapter. And I think each one, no, I think the Orbit Reader goes to 16 gigabytes. Yes, the Orbit Reader goes to 16 and the Braille Me goes to 32. Now they both say, that you can use larger cards. I don't really see the sense in messing with this because primarily what you're going to be dealing with are TXT, BRL, and BRF files. And even to get one gig of those, you're talking about a lot of files. Let me tell you what these devices are not. They are not advanced note takers. They do not have wireless capability. As in, you can't use them to connect to or browse the internet or to get your email. You can, however, connect both devices via Bluetooth to your smartphone. There is some progress still being made with both devices, I think, on Android. Although, as we know, Android and Braille is a bit more of a work in progress anyway than is iOS. You can also connect your Braille device in either case using that micro USB port to your computer. And when it's connected to your computer, you can do one of two things. You can have it serve as a Braille display. It will work in conjunction with your screen readers. You can also have it used as a mass storage device. So what that means basically is it's like an oversized thumb drive. So you can move files from your computer to your device and vice versa. Now, let me repeat something that may seem obvious if you've been around the block 
technically speaking, a couple times, but may not seem so obvious if you have not. As I said, these devices, neither of them has wireless connectivity. So if you're saying, I don't have a computer, and my phone is a flip phone, and I'm gonna get one of these so I can get on BARD. Unfortunately, you are out of luck. Now, you can connect to a smartphone or a tablet or something, but without something else, with internet access, you will not be able to access BARD from this or any other book repository or any other online site from either of these. The BrailleMe has some translation capabilities. The Orbit Reader, for better or worse, does not. Both support BRF, BRL, and TXT files. When you try to open, let's just say an RTF or a rich text format file, let's say that you try to open that on the BrailleMe. It will just say that there's an error and it won't open the file. You can open it on the Orbit Reader, even though it's not supported. And what that means is you're going to get a lot of gibberish at the beginning and a lot of gibberish at the end, and you may get some in between with those punctuation characters and things. If there's something there that it can read, it will indeed read for you. As I said, each one can function in its own standalone mode where you can read and write. Each one can function as a mass storage device and also function by being connected to the computer. In each of these, there is a separate edit mode. And you enter them in different ways, but you can cut, copy, and paste text that way. It's a little different to get used to, okay, am I in reading mode or edit mode? But you do get there. Probably the two biggest differences between the two devices are this. The Orbit Reader has 8-dot braille. So what that means is if a letter is capitalized or there's some special attribute, you may see that shown under dot 7 or 8. You may see one of those blinking or showing in some way. The BrailleMe has cursor routing keys and those are little dots. Now a lot of times I've seen these, they are on top of or over, not, not literally on top of, they are above the braille cells. In this case, they are below. So there are 20 of them and they look like tiny little lines that go across right below the display. And you can press one of them and it will take you right where you want to go. So for example, if I have a sentence that says, I like apples, and let's just say for the sake of discussion it's in grade one braille, and you write, I like apples, and you say, you know, I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna change that to, I like applesauce. With a display without cursor routing buttons, you basically have to hit your, the equivalent of your right arrow key. And you go I space L-I-K-E space A-P-P-L-E period. And then you backspace out that period and you type sauce. With 
a display with cursor routing keys, you can find that period and press your cursor routing key that corresponds to it to take you right there. Let's talk a little bit about extra help. The Braille Me has its documentation online and they have right on the unit a list of keyboard commands which you can access through the help menu. The Orbit Reader has its manual <coughs> online in several formats, doc, PDF, Braille, I forget if it's BRF or BRL, and HTML. There is no help file or help system per se on the Orbit Reader at this time. We don't know if that will change, but it very well could. Both of them will run about 10 hours on a battery. They both display battery attributes a little differently. So on the Braille Me, when you check your battery level, I have eight complete full Braille cells. And I have, after that, the letter L. So that basically means I'm at like 85%. And that's fine, it's just a different way of representing it. On the Orbit Reader, it will give you the actual percentage. Both of these devices are menu-driven, so you can get a fair amount of help just by going through the menus. And of course, I always advise reading the manual. There is a bit of outside help. It's amazing how much you can find when you look on YouTube. As a blind person myself, I used to think that YouTube was primarily for sighted people. But a lot of times, teachers of the visually impaired and others will put learning modules on YouTube about how to use these things. Another resource out there is the company for which I work, and that is Mystic Access. And we offer a tutorial on the use of the Orbit Reader. It is roughly $25, and it runs a bit over an hour in length. People have said to me, well, you know, can I get what I need out of reading the manual? Absolutely. This is not better, it's just different. It's for people who break into a cold sweat at the idea of manuals. We do plan to offer a Braille Me tutorial, and our plan is for that to be available on the day after Thanksgiving. So if that interests you, please do feel free to visit mysticaccess.com. Finally, I do have Mystic Access information with me, and I, more importantly, I'm sure to some of you, have the Orbit Reader and the Braille Me with me, and I will be happy if you would like to stay a few moments and let those of you who want take a look at them. I can't, of course, take time and walk you through all the features, but you can at least get hands-on to get an idea of what we're dealing with. Before we do that, however, I want to talk a little bit more and just reiterate what I said about translation. If you have a text file, you can do some rudimentary translation using the Braille Me to grade two. You can also use various programs to translate into grade two Braille, or you can translate from Braille to text. There really is a 
wealth of reading options. I'm trying to think if I've missed anything. I was reading notes and realized how loud it sounded, and so I thought, well, I'm just going to kind of go with what I know here without having that distract you. And it's funny because different things distract different people. I found that using the Orbit Reader was very easy for me to listen to. However, listening to the Braille Me, and it's very snappy, you know, as it refreshed, was kind of jarring. I have a friend who thinks I'm absolutely nuts, well, for many reasons, but one of them, one of them is that I don't like the Braille Me's sound quite as much. Both companies have been extremely responsive to user feedback. For example, one thing that we mentioned to the developers of BrailleMe is, you know, that beep is really not necessary and it's going to be an annoyance to some people if they are in meetings or classroom situations. And you may have deaf-blind people who don't even realize it's beeping. It was a friend of mine, she had hers for three months, and I said something about the beep and she said, what beep? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they have been extremely responsive. Both companies have. And so I would encourage you to contact the resellers for more information because that's primarily who the companies prefer that you go through at this point. Let me just kind of rapid fire give some websites so that they're all sort of near the end, at least of my spoken part of things. We have www.mysticaccess.com for tutorials. We have www.aph, like AmericanPrintingHouse.org, for the Orbit Reader. And we have www.nbp, as in National Braille Press.org, for the Braille Me. Before I open it up and allow those who want to come and check out the units. Do we have any questions? I don't know that we have any volunteers, and I think we're a relatively smallish group, so just call out. Yeah, but the problem is it doesn't get on the air. I will, okay. okay. If it, when you call out your question, I will rephrase it so that it, I like to do that anyway, not only so that it gets on the air, but those who have hearing difficulties can hear it. The question was, did you say that you can't read books from Bard on there? No, you absolutely can, but what you need to do is you need to either use the Bard app or you need to download those books from Bard onto an SD card. I just meant that you could not use it as a standalone reader of Bard or any other kind of books. Pretty much, if you can read it on your iPhone or your Android or your iPad or your tablet, you can read it on one of these devices. The question was, is there any word about future releases and upgrades? I have no inside knowledge whatsoever. Okay. I will make a semi-uneducated guess on one thing, and that is that the Orbit Reader is labeled the Orbit Reader 20. That makes me suspect. Now, please understand I'm saying suspect and not know, but that makes me suspect that possibly a larger Orbit Reader could be in the works at some point. Marty shared two comments with us. One is that the Orbit Reader has undergone several updates, and I added that the Braille Me has as well. She also said that she made it work out so that she could use the Orbit Reader in the case 
by purchasing some Velcro <coughs> and putting some on the back of the orbit reader and some on the case, and then the unit sticks in there and you can use it standing up. I did actually want to comment on two things. It is a good idea. <laughs> Kudos to you, I like it. I do want to mention two other things. One is both of these devices have user replaceable batteries. I refer to them myself as genius user replaceable batteries because you need some possibly colorful language and some teeny tiny screwdrivers. However, if you have someone who is naturally good at stuff like that, or you are that someone, you're in luck. So it's not user replaceable, like I charge it, and then I have another battery waiting in the wings. It's like, I've used it for years, the battery's dying, it's time to replace it. It's that, I kind of wanted to define user replaceable, and that applies to both. The other thing is, regards using the unit, well, I'm gonna say while standing, but Really, I guess what I mean is, well, vertical. So let's say that you have either one in a case and it's around your neck. And you're sitting or standing so that the unit is not lying flat on a table. It's kind of leaning against your chest or your abdomen or whatever, depending on how long the strap is. The Orbit Reader does a really nice job. Those pins stay in place. So you can even hold it upside down and you won't feel the pins kind of gently floating down and gravity doing its thing. The Braille Me does have some of this, what I call float. In fairness, I've seen displays that were several thousand dollars that had this kind of float. And Braille Me's is overall much less than most of them. So you can feel the stray dot kind of floating here and there, but I wear the unit a lot this way. It's like, yeah, okay, it's a thing, but not a big thing. It didn't really affect my reading of Braille. I mean, if I were, I don't know, managing the national debt or doing something big with numbers, because I'm awful with numbers, I would probably set it flat just to remove any possibility of error. But overall, you know, there is a little bit of that dot floating, but it's really kind of not a big deal. Just wanted to mention that as Another thing to keep in mind. Other questions? The question is, what are panning keys? Nope, if one person doesn't know it, that's not everybody, so it's worth asking. Panning keys allow you, some places actually call them scrolling keys. I've also just heard them called up, down, back, forward, whatever. Basically, they're like an up or down arrow, and they move you up and down <clears throat> the text or through the text. So if I'm reading, I'll read once upon a time, and I'll press the panning down key, and it'll say, there lived the ugliest princess you ever saw. And I'll go, wait a minute, I didn't just read that. So then I would press up on that up panning key, and I would go back, and I would find, oh no, it said there lived the loveliest princess you ever saw. So that's how panning keys work. I thank you all for coming and listening at what has been near the end of a fairly long day. You've been wonderful, I want to also give a wave and a nod and a smile to those listening on ACB radio. I, yeah, I uh, have listened to ACB radio for years and I don't think that either one way, no, I guess I have. I was gonna say, I don't think I've ever had the privilege of being on there, but I think 
I think I might have lied. But anyway, this is very memorable anyway, so thank all of you very much. I'm gonna turn it off and thank you all for coming. So we hope that's been really helpful in learning a little more about the changes that have occurred with BrailleMe, or if you weren't aware of that piece of it, what the BrailleMe can do for you now as it stands. So we hope that's useful. And for those of you interested in also learning about the Orbit, and speaking of the Orbit, one quick reminder about that, the Orbit tutorial that we have released, when was that? Was that early this year when we actually released, or was it no, late it was last year? November. It was. was. A year ago. Man, yep. time flies, doesn't it? So we've had that tutorial out for about a year, but it's recently had a new edition in the form of a transcript. And we've been wanting to do this for a while, and now we have a great out-of-house transcriptionist who we work with on these types of things. <laughs> and she's made a great transcription for us of the actual Orbit tutorial. So that way, if you have friends who are deafblind or you just learn better by reading, then you now have the option to enjoy the transcript and it's an absolutely free add-on to the Orbit tutorial. So if you haven't bought one, you can buy it and the transcription will be yours. If you have already purchased it, you may wish to go into your account on mysticaccess.com and re-download it and you'll be able to get the transcript. Thank you everybody and have a wonderful day. Bye. 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 The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. To contact us, please visit www.mysticaccess.com. Call us, 716-543-3323, and press 2 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at show at mysticaccesspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Please tell your friends and colleagues to visit us at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on our podcasts, feel free to leave us an iTunes rating and review. We certainly appreciate those. Also, you may feel free to use our podcasts in your own RSS feed. Just be sure that all of our contact information is left intact. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.